1: Welcome in, everybody, to the Flagship Podcast. I am Chip Brown of lawrence 247com joined by Nick Osten, publisher of CycloneAlert.com on the 24-7 Sports Network. It's where you get all your your Cyclone information as Texas prepares to take on Iowa State. Saturday at 11 a.m. at DKR on either ABC or ESPN2, they're telling us and nick thanks for joining us first of all i'm looking at iowa state and i'm seeing this monster defense this sudoku puzzle of a defense no one can seem to figure out they're holding teams way below their their scoring average and then i see iowa state's offense and special teams and i want to i just want to like say what is going on here because uh this is you know the statistically the best defense in the Big 12 and offensively they've scored one touchdown in their last two games they've lost three straight to Baylor uh to Kansas to K-State but they lost to Kansas 14-11 they lost to K-State 10 to 9 i mean this
2: is like old school leather helmet football nick it really is you know we we talked just a hair before we kind of got on here about how good this Iowa state defense has been. And it's the truth. You know, it's not just the defense compared to the offense and the special teams. It's one of the best units easily in the big 12, potentially the country. I mean, they keep this team truly in every game, but the way that the offense has struggled, the special teams has in a few games, it's, you know, been a little better, at least this weekend that we just saw, but the offense, it's got way too much talent to kind of be performing the way that it is. Uh, you know, Hunter Deckers, this is his first year really starting, and he can make just about every throw. You know, he's fairly mobile. He's got all of the trust and confidence of his teammates, but they just haven't really been able to put these things together. And then I know we'll, you know, get a little more into obviously the Longhorns, but just the way that I saw them play on Saturday, it's kind of like two teams that are you know, kind of coming into this game truly polar opposites. I mean, Texas just looks like it's firing on all cylinders, whereas the Cyclones have shown glimpses. And, again, the thing is, even as poorly as they've looked, they were maybe a catch and 10 yards away from winning that game on Saturday, potentially comfortably. uh, You know, there were just a couple drop passes that would have been touchdowns, a bad miss on a sack that actually – wouldn't have even allowed a K-State touchdown at all. So there's a lot of good, um, but they just haven't done enough to execute. And that's why instead of, you know, four and two or five and one, they're sitting at three and three right now. Well, what what is it? Because you're right. You've got Hunter Deckers. He's thrown for 11
1: touchdowns, tied for the lead um, in the Big 12 and uh, touchdown passes coming into last weekend. Xavier Hutchinson is leading the big 12 in receiving. He's been, you know, a big time weapon. Um, Obviously there's been some injury issues with, with Jarrell Brock at at running back, but tell us what, you know, as you size up this Iowa state offense, what what's missing?
2: Yeah. So I, I think generally it's consistency. And once you get into it a little bit more, really the run game since Iowa State's gotten into Big 12 play. They have not been able to consistently run that ball at all. And so part of it, you, you know, you kind of step back and look like you mentioned. All right. The the number one running back, Jarell Brock, I'd say essentially has missed a game and a half. He missed just about all of the Jayhawks game and then just truly was not close to himself uh, over the weekend against Kansas State, which is certainly unfortunate. They've missed some games from true freshman running back Cartavius Norton, who has gotten a lot of buzz, especially since the spring. Good speed, but a really good young physical running back. So that's been hurting. And then the other, you know, two tailbacks that have really gotten in are talented, but they're just not as complete or they can't be, you know, kind of counted on as much in pass pro and things like that. So it's just gotten a little tough. And it's interesting because. You know, some of the areas you'd maybe look at there, like the offensive line, they looked really good in pass pro over the weekend. Decker's had a lot of time on a lot of major plays against Kansas State. And as I'm sure you know, the Wildcats have a good front. So it's kind of hard to look like, okay, it's just injuries. Okay, they're not kind of getting enough push. I feel that it's really a multitude of things. But I think that the offense isn't coming together as much because they like to run the football and they just haven't gotten it together for a couple of those, you know, reasons in big 12 play against some tough defenses as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's no question when you talk about having played uh Baylor and Kansas state and even KU because KU is much improved as we've seen. Um, they just suffered their first loss against TCU, but it was a one possession game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what what needs to happen for i mean they're a pretty good passing offense i mean if you look at the numbers they're certainly a better passing offense than they are a run defense that's that's not really been they've been pretty balanced under matt campbell so that's kind of a new twist to just be you know a pass first offense or an offense that passes to set up the run but that i mean you kind of have to go with what your strengths are right
2: yeah, absolutely. And I think that Campbell touched on that a little bit this weekend post game uh, because someone you know, kind of asked about a lot of targets being focused to the star wide out Xavier Hutchinson. and it it does seem at times like Deckers kind of locks in on him uh, throughout the play. But along those same lines, as true as that is, you know, I would push back. You like to. Play to your strengths, like you mentioned, and get the best players the ball. And Xavier Hutchinson is a top 8 to 12, you know, receiver in the entire country. And he came into the weekend leading the whole country in catches. And I believe targets as well, top of the Big 12 with things. So they've got other weapons. I I do feel that it is just, you know, kind of nothing has really gone right in terms of health uh, for some prominent players, you know, like I mentioned. And I just feel like they're just, they're just short, you know, like Campbell even mentioned, we feel like we're kind of inches away, not miles. And, and I would tend to agree with that, even if, you know, it's kind of a generalized statement because we talked about some of the scores to open, they've been so close. The defense has kept them in and the offense has even put in some positions late to kind of get over that hump. Even if they haven't executed well enough, there was a, A tough drop from Hutchinson over the weekend late in the fourth. Obviously, some of the special team struggles showed in Lawrence a week and a half ago I was there. So it just feels like when some things are going smoothly and the ball is moving and things like that, they just can't really get over that final hump. So I think that's part of an issue. They're trying to get the best players the ball. Brock went healthy. Hutchinson, obviously, when he's out there. But it just hasn't all come together. And the good thing is they they started off 3 and 0 so they have a few wins you know in their pockets but the tough thing is their schedule does not get too much easier starting with this trip to Austin here
1: yeah i mean it's been it's been like you can't make this stuff up kind of stuff because obviously uh jace gilbert uh the freshman kicker for iowa state struggles mightily in the loss against kansas and then comes through in the, in the game against K state, but it's just not quite enough. I mean, Iowa state led that game uh, nine to seven and it was all Jace Gilbert field goals. Uh, But K state kicks a field goal with seven minutes left in the game to take a 10-9 lead and then was able to make it hold up. So um, kudos to Jace Gilbert for, for bouncing
2: back after a, really tumultuous day in Lawrence, right? Yeah, that was kind of a big talking point over the weekend. And, you know, there was this kind of feeling like, okay, he's he's come back, he's put in the work, he's had a good game against the Wildcats. Is he even going to get the full chance to kick what would have been a game-winning field goal that Iowa State was driving towards? And that would have been an incredible story. Really talented kid. You know, I was able to talk with him when he committed. True freshman, as we mentioned really starred in several sports in high school coming out of Oklahoma, one of the best athletes in the entire state. But it was impressive to have that kind of confidence and to be able to come back like that under the lights against a really good opponent, as we talked about with Kansas State and that defense. It just, it wasn't quite enough. And I think it would have been a really cool story, the ultimate kind of short-term redemption there to have had a game like that in Lawrence. And then to have potentially put up all the points for an Iowa State team, obviously he did that, but it would have been much sweeter, of course, if they'd gotten the victory.
1: Yeah, and just talk about that—the way that game ended, because uh, Iowa State had the ball, um, they tried to throw it, and they couldn't—they couldn't complete. I mean, what he he. Connected with Jalen Noel for three yards um, on third and 10, and then on fourth and seven, an incomplete pass. So they they definitely tried to throw the football, which has been the strength of the offense,
2: um, but just couldn't, couldn't make it happen. Yeah, they needed to throw, like you mentioned, a strength and just with the health issues to guys like Norton and Brock. It was, I'm not sure I'd say a full broken play, but there was certainly something that, you know, didn't look, perfect initially on that fourth down and and Decker's kind of kept the play alive a little bit found an open Xavier Hutchinson along the sidelines and especially in that moment it was a really good ball i mean it was right in his hands and he legitimately had it uh, and then as his knees were kind of going to the ground and he was falling out he lost it and initially from the press box it looked like you know he had caught it and Iowa State was going to keep that drive alive and I'd say really only need to gain another maybe 10 to 14 yards to give Gilbert a great shot for that win. But it just it felt like every time Iowa State kind of made something happen, especially on the defensive side of the ball, the offense just wasn't necessarily able to return the favor. And it gets really tough, but you have to be able to, you know, kind of execute and capitalize on those drives and extra possessions and force turnovers and when the Cyclones have gotten those turnovers and, you know, kind of extra spots where they maybe didn't even expect to have the ball, they just haven't turned those into six. And against good offenses like a Texas coming up, you you don't really have a great shot if you're not able to do that.
1: Yeah, this is going to be a a really good test for Texas in terms of how far this um, offense has come and – with Quinn Ewers kind of getting back in the saddle uh at quarterback after getting off to a great start against Oklahoma um you know 14 of 16 passing they got up 21 to nothing he had a 222 quarterback rating but <laughs> Iowa State has just locked everybody down let's take a let's take a quick break here on the flagship podcast uh, talking to Nick Oson of CycloneAlert.com, sizing up the Longhorns and Cyclones who will meet on Saturday at DKR at 11 a.m. Uh, the Cyclones uh, have lost three straight. Texas trying to, to get its uh, season back together after the loss at Texas Tech a couple of weeks ago.
0: We'll be right back. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential?
1: Nick, I'll I'll just before we move on to the defense, if if there is a uh, sort of natural step this offense needs to take, or if there's a player who's emerging, a tight end, uh, you know, maybe a another receiver or a you know, who's that guy? I mean, you almost feel for Tom Manning, the the offensive coordinator, we you know who's been in the NFL came back to Iowa state. Um, I mean, the guys, you know, he's, he's been solid. So, I mean, our fans, who are they mad at? Cause we always know fans are mad when, when a team they're used to winning is losing.
2: Yeah. yeah. I, you know, so this is my first full season covering this team, especially football, obviously. And They've almost been, it seems every time I, you know, really go on social media or things like that, a lot of the focus seems to be kind of upset with, you know, some of the the play calling. And Manning's name is thrown out there a lot. And I don't think that's, you know, fair. And I, I certainly respect the way that Campbell has kind of approached these things. He he kind of mentioned, you know, post game this weekend if you're mad about the offense or he's like, I I sit in the offensive room, you know, come for me. And I really respect that as a head coach. I don't think that anybody on the staff or the players or the team would think anybody has been perfect this season, but I, I don't think it's fair, especially with the injuries I mentioned going against good defenses to kind of always, you know, just put it on, on one person. I mean, that doesn't, Seem fair to me. I don't think it's accurate. You mentioned the success Tom Manning has had. There's certainly been a lot of talent here, but I think that he's also brought out, you know, some of the best in some of those players as well that that have been here before, like Hutchinson, who's still here, Brock Purdy, Brees Hall, you know, Charlie Kohler that are all in the NFL. I, I think that maybe expectations got a little bit high this year after Iowa State finally beat Iowa, And I think that some of them were still reasonable. I mean, I was certainly picking the Cyclones to win some of these big 12 games that they hadn't. But I don't, yeah, I would say the fans seem to kind of be having issues with a lot of the play calling, which I don't think is, you know, the the issue all the time. I don't think it's necessarily fair. And then in terms of someone that I think could be focused on a little bit more in a good way and brought more to the offense a little bit to kind of help its execution and success is Dimitri Stanley. It was interesting. He had two of his best games, uh, weeks four and five against Baylor in Kansas. And I've I've been really impressed with Stanley. I, I think that he brings an element of kind of stretching the field and route running ability that not everybody necessarily has on this team. And they were featuring him. And so I'm not sure if it was just the way Kansas State played it or there was just a little disconnect over the weekend, but he he wasn't featured as much. I think that is a player that can be uh, focused on a lot more. And I think that many areas of the offense truly can be upgraded and and fixed and worked on. And it it doesn't come down to, you know, one person or one area because that it just doesn't make sense, especially when you look and see there've kind of been different problems every week, like the special teams game in Kansas. And then at the end of this game, it, it was just an area of execution, because I fully believe the Cyclones would have picked up one more first down and kicked a game-winning field goal. And I think Gilbert would have made it the way he was looking at Jack Trace Stadium. So I I think that's probably the best way to answer that question. It's it's certainly been a little surprising to see. I, I know this is my first year here, but that's kind of what I've seen and, and what I figure right now.
1: Well, well, when you look at the the Cyclones' defense, let's move there. Because to me, they are the... They're the gold standard in the Big 12. Uh, John Haycock, um, you know, literally people are patterning their defenses after what he's done with that that 3-8 cloud defense. Um, You know, talk about they've had, you know, they've lost guys, Mike Rose and, um, you know, some big-time playmakers, but they do have, you know, Orion Vance back. Talk about this Iowa State defense and and what makes it go.
2: Yeah, I, I really couldn't be more impressed by it. I think it's one of the best units in the country, and I feel that there is a lot of talent. I think they've got several guys that will be able to play on Sundays, but I think it's a testament to the staff as well. Haycock, you know, Dion Broomfield with the safeties, Matt Capone with the corners, Tyson Vite, linebackers, and then Eli Rashid with the D-line. Every unit has had some really good games. I think that the three, you know, what you called it, 3-8 cloud, or a lot of people say three three five stack. I feel that that's a really good uh, scheme and game plan, and I think that the personnel works pretty well with it as well. In terms of kind of getting into things a little bit, Will McDonald, one of the best, you know, potentially players, certainly edge rushers in the country, is still here and he's had two of his best games of the year in the last 3 weeks. Uh MJ Anderson who's a transfer from Minnesota has really come on. He's a guy and you know coach Eli Rashid was pretty consistent about this coming into the year. He said he was someone that can really get to the passer. That's exactly what he has shown. Orion Vance, someone that's been around a long time and great leader can produce. And then you get to the secondary which I'm I'm incredibly high on this group. Anthony Johnson has some NFL buzz, Senior Bowl buzz, things like that. A state game,
1: yeah. Anthony Johnson chasing down Malik Knowles, punching that ball out. I mean, he's it's a 68 yard touchdown. Yeah. Anthony yep. Johnson tracks him down, punches the ball out, forces a touchback. Um, unbelievable
2: play. Uh, yeah, Anthony Johnson's stud. Yeah, that's the type of player he is, you know, the the type of kind of person that he brings out within the team. Bo Freeler, I, I think that I'd be surprised if he didn't get to the NFL in a year and a half or two and a half years. He's just a true sophomore. He kind of shines coming up in the run, but has has a couple PBUs this year as well. And then the corners have been pretty consistent too. I wouldn't say K-State was their best game they've had, but still, You know, they don't allow many players to get past them and and a lot of long gains. That's generally TJ Tampa and Miles Purchase. So I would say, you know, at least four or five guys will get to that next level. And, And this year, man, I just feel like they approach everything the right way. Even Johnson, who had the big play, like you mentioned, was talking post game with us and basically saying we didn't play well. The defense didn't play well because they allowed 10 points and you can't win if you don't score yep talking about for for the other team so it's certainly interesting i i feel like i'm writing about them every week either you know about how well they've graded or just the big plays but they've been terrific and they're gonna get a a heck of a test with the longhorns because every time i i turn on that tv when you know yours is actually behind center he's impressing a lot and i i think a few of the wideouts you know course worthy had a good game this weekend as well but he's just able to kind of find everybody Robinson in the backfield terrific player so Cyclones are gonna have their hands full this week
1: yeah this is uh this is gonna be a a really I mean the marquee matchup no doubt is that Texas offense against that Iowa State defense and um you know Matt Campbell he's a he's beloved right at iowa state uh have they built a statue for him yet are (laughs) are there plans what i mean the guy is beloved there but he's had some quirky you know september's haven't gone great he finally solved the iowa problem um i've always said why doesn't he have a special teams coordinator because special teams have gotten him in the past he had a game against Baylor a couple of years ago where, you know, gave up some long returns. Like they lost the game on special teams. He does not, he still does not have a special teams coordinator.
2: Does he not like a, a technically just for that? No, not, not exactly that.
1: Uh, he divides that stuff up amongst the assistants. And I know Jamie Pollard will give him whatever he wants. Um, i I'm just, always wondered why he doesn't have that special teams coordinator, but talk about, you know, Matt Campbell and what he's saying right now. Cause he, he said the offense is close. I think Iowa state fans are saying, uh, we've scored one touchdown in two games. So what are,
2: what, what is close me? Yeah. So they do have kind of like a special teams. I think the exact term is like analyst this year. So, you know, something new, but not quite that. And, you know, I, I'm probably just gonna sound generic with this too, but I fully believe it because of all the examples I've laid out for you in terms of late execution and, and being so close. You know, one thing I think Campbell's a a really good coach. I, I think he's a really good person from what I have kind of seen and been around so far as well. And one thing I really like and respect about him is he's not afraid to kind of throw, like I said, himself and his name in that group of, you know, some of the issues that have been going on. I, I don't think the injuries are an excuse, but I feel like with the top two running backs, the way Iowa State likes to play and, and run offense, I just feel like the offense can't necessarily hit the potential without even one of those guys healthy. And he he's also just kind of talked about Inconsistency. That was a big word, you know, this weekend after the Kansas State game because there's a lot of good. I've been able to see it in every game. Even some good things on offense. Like I mentioned, how much time Deckers had sometimes. Early on, there were a couple deep shots. He's Deckers is very comfortable with those. They found success. You know, I mentioned Stanley. I think they need to get Jalen Knoll more involved, but. That was kind of the the big things coming out of this weekend, you know, inconsistency and, and cleaning things up and just continuing to build. And he had a really interesting quote. I, it was, you know, it was something like I, I told the kids, he said, winners do lose sometimes, you know, but losers hide. And I'm not hiding from this. None of us are hiding from this. So I kind of took that as, you know, they're not afraid to really say or, or admit things aren't where they're supposed to be. And there might be some issues, but I, I fully believe, you know, just being around Campbell and, and the staff and these players, I don't take them as kind of a, you know, given up or quitting type of group. I mean, I, I'm sure it hurts, especially the way some of these have been so close and kind of the lack of execution has just proved to be so high and so important. But whether it's this week or after the bye week, I, I do see a turnaround just because I feel that there's too much talent and too many good coaches not to.
1: Yeah. Well, it's going to be fascinating, and it is going to be – the game is going to be on ABC. So um, tune in, folks. For for uh, Texas fans, they, they're going to want to see if if Texas can keep this mojo going. And for Iowa State fans – Uh certainly that defense has been unbelievable. Anything else, uh, Nick, that you think is important for Texas fans to know about this team? Any interesting storylines, you know, players. Um, you know, you name it. You you tell us.
2: Yeah, I can give you, you know, a couple things. So I feel that health will just it will be very imperative, as obvious as that sounds. I think that Iowa State really needs Jirel Brock or, or Norton uh, in this game to kind of have a chance to milk some more of that clock, keep Texas's great offense off of the field. I think that that will prove paramount. And then we haven't gotten a ton of clarity uh, in terms of kind of the severity of this, but one of the starting linebackers, Colby Reader uh, went out in the Iowa state, Kansas state game and he was down for a little bit. Uh, it didn't look great, but I mean, Campbell, you know kind of in some general terms didn't seem to think it was something long term at least at least post game Uh, so those are certainly a few players that you know are notable in terms of health and kind of what's been going on and then I'll mention Dimitri Stanley again I think he's a name that if Iowa State has a chance in what I figure to be a little bit more of an up-tempo game he'll be someone that needs to be involved for the Cyclones to find some success in Austin well it's gonna be
1: uh It's going to be an interesting game for sure. That marquee matchup, the Texas offense against the Iowa State defense. This is one of the games where Texas held a lead in the second half last year before losing the game. And Texas players were talking about a revenge tour that Oklahoma was the first stop on the revenge tour. Iowa State uh, was also the site of where Bo Davis, the defensive line coach, uh, laid into some players. On the team bus on the way out of Ames last year after that 30 to 7 Iowa State win, where they scored um, 27 unanswered points in the second half uh, to win that game. So uh, Iowa State will be heavy on Texas's mind this week. Nick, really appreciate you joining us here on the flagship podcast to help break down the Cyclones, and of course, get over to CycloneAlert.com for all the updates this week. Um, for Nick Oson, I am Chip Brown. Thanks so much for joining us here on the flagship podcast. Until next time, we'll see you over at Horns247.com. Stay safe and keep the faith.